Hello everyone, welcome to A Jew Like Me. My name is Jessica Israel and this is a podcast for all of us who love Torah, but have felt like we are not fully represented in mainstream Jewish life or the pop culture idea of who a Jew is or what a Jew looks like. We are the children of Abraham, and this podcast is to create our place at the table, let our voices be heard, and celebrate the multiculturalism of Judaism. Let's get into our episode. So let's talk about Juneteenth. Juneteenth for me is very special because it's actually my birthday. (laughs) But aside from that, we're going to talk about Juneteenth as nationally the way that we recognize it here in the United States in terms of the day where enslaved individuals in Texas were told that they were free. Now, Juneteenth for me is a very interesting day. And part of this podcast is changing the narratives around things. Because a lot of times the narratives are created by others who don't represent us. And that's the truth. And so when we say Juneteenth is a celebration, is it really a celebration? Or is it a day that should be remembered on how within this country, even though people were supposed to be free, should have never been enslaved from the beginning. But even when the law stated they were supposed to be free, they were still allowed and permitted without any intervention to keep individuals enslaved, to keep them as captives to abuse them, even when the law said it was no longer permitted in those areas. So when we say Juneteenth is a celebration um, for freedom for Black Americans, and when we say Black Americans, we're talking about um, Black Jewish Americans and non-Jewish Black Americans, or rather, let me say Jewish Black Americans and non-Jewish Black Americans, because I think we have a real problem with the language that we use. Um, a lot of times people will say Blacks and Jews as if we are not one in the same, as if there are no Black Jews. Um, but we're going to get more into that later because that's very interesting. It's not a new invention. It's been since the beginning of time. If you read Olava Equiano, who is an Igbo, from Nigeria and uh, eventually became free. He was taken captive as a slave or taken captive and then enslaved and eventually uh, was able to achieve freedom. He described the practices where he came from in Nigeria with his Igbo background, that of being a Hebrew, that of being very much the same as what is understood to be Jewish practices. Obviously, there's no TV, there's no, uh, you know, radio, (laughs) you know, to tell him, hey, this is what's going on. See if you can co-op this culture. It was nothing like that. So 
This is literally the story of a man who was enslaved, who was capped, who was held captive against his will, and telling us about where he came from. And where he came from was in Eastern Europe. Where he came from wasn't what we would call the Middle East. Where he came from was Nigeria. He was an Igbo. That was his tribe. Where he came from that region, the practices were that of the Torah. Practices were that of circumcision, priesthood, um, sacrifices, the things that we see written in the Torah. So there's always been black Jews. We've always been here. It's not an American phenomenon. It doesn't exist only in Ethiopia. We've always been here. And so getting to Juneteenth, I think it's really interesting because especially in the Jewish community, I've seen some posts talking about Juneteenth and solidarity with black Americans, but I think that we are missing something here. We are missing the idea that black Jews were held in captivity in this country. Black Americans in general, many of us, our descendants or our ancestors were held in captivity. We are descended from slaves and it was not long ago at all. Um, my most recent uh, relative that I am aware of, and I don't like using the term ancestor personally because it makes it seem like it's so much longer ago than it really was. It's a long history. No, it's not. My most recent relative that I'm aware of who was enslaved, passed away only three years before my mother was born. Just three years. She was in my grandfather's life, most of his life, until she passed. My great-grandfather was raised by this woman. My great-grandfather didn't pass away until the 90s. This is not a long time ago. And the residual effects are still there. And not just residual effects, the laws and the books reflect it. The things that we go through reflect it. We say residual effects as if something happened and okay, there's kind of a reverberation. No, there's not just a reverberation. There are ironclad things that are fully, fully, okay, emphasized and enforced in this country that began then that are a result of that time and that disgusting policy of kidnapping, holding people captive, abusing them, and enslaving them. And so, yeah, this podcast episode, this is going to be a little rough. You know, this is not the podcast for us to hold punches. This is not for us to tiptoe. Because tiptoeing has gotten us nowhere. This is for us to talk to each other. Openly. Honestly. Real. Be real with each other. The truth can be uncomfortable. I mean, if someone tells you your breath smells, that's uncomfortable, right? <laughs> but if it does, at least you know when you can pop a mint. So let's get past the discomfort to the point where we put blocks on our ears and we don't want to hear. We have to get past that. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. We should feel uncomfortable talking about these things. And then once that settles in, allow yourself to listen, to feel, to learn, to hear. 
Now, I know it seems like I just jumped around a bit because I got into Olava Aguiano and moved a little bit forward, but I was using him as a base to help us understand that black Jews were enslaved in this country. We're not talking about someone who's converted, which it doesn't matter whether someone has converted or not. You know, a Jew is a Jew. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about you stole black Jews from their homeland in Nigeria and enslaved them in America, Great Britain, and the Caribbean. Across the globe, that is important. That is important that we understand that when we talk about Juneteenth, when we talk about slavery in this country, especially when we see Jewish organizations posting things celebrating Juneteenth or recognizing it rather, they need to understand that this is not just solidarity with black Americans. This is your Jewish brothers and sisters, your Jewish kin who was taken and enslaved in this country. You need to feel that. If you are not a Jew of color, you need to feel that. So I think that's really important when talking about this day. And then to make it clear, Juneteenth did not mean that every slave was finally free. Again, the Emancipation Proclamation was actually signed two and a half years before then. It was issued on January 1st, 1863. And in fact, it really only freed the people in Texas and all other Southern secessionist states that were in the Confederacy. It did not free slaves in states that were not part of what they deemed the rebellion. That's important. The Emancipation Proclamation did not free all slaves. That is not real American history. That is something you can find even on Wikipedia, a quick Google search. So this is where it's important for us to talk to each other and not let others control the narrative because we need to know our history. We need to be able to pass truth onto our children so that they cannot be manipulated in the future. Truth is so important. This is why Torah is so important, that we know it, that we pass it down, that we've kept it so long, that we've protected it with everything we've got. That's why actually we're supposed to memorize it. I will say I have not done that yet. And that's something that I need to do. A good way and something that I plan to start practicing is, is writing it out. Writing it out so that literally you're supposed to have every word memorized in your mind. Because nobody can take that from you. They can burn every book, but they can't take what's in your head. And this is how we've been able to survive as a people with Hashem so long. And we have to apply that to our other history as well, outside of our spiritual history, outside of our Torah. Again, the Emancipation Proclamation did not free all slaves in the United States of America. It actually specifically did not free slaves that were not fighting against the Union. So slave states in the Union, such as Delaware and Kentucky, those Union border states, it was legal there. In fact, 
those people weren't freed until after Juneteenth. Again, Emancipation Proclamation was issued January 1st, 1863. On June 19th, 1865, two and a half years later, the Union troops, um, you know, basically rolled through Texas and said, hey, you guys have been free for two and a half years. They've kept you on these plantations, you know, but you're actually free. The government knew that. Everyone knew that there. The plantation owners knew that. It's just that the individuals who were enslaved did not know that. They were kept away from this information. This information was hidden from them, and it was not enforced. The plantation owners were basically told, hey, it's okay. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything till they make us. So that's really important to know. Because that's, that's even worse. This wasn't one or two people. This was an entire state. These were entire areas. And remember, that was just the last. So that means that for all that time prior to then, there were still many other places where people were enslaved. And then after that, six months after Juneteenth, well, almost six months, because June 19th, 1865, and then it was December 6, 1865, where the 13th Amendment was ratified and it abolished slavery except for prisons. That is still on record. That has never changed. So when we talk about prison rates, when we talk about people of color being incarcerated, how it seems like they're targeted more, charged more, um, you know, the same thing you can have a person who's who a, a, per, a white person, essentially, or a person not of color, um, you know, steal from a store and maybe get some probation. You may have a black person in this country do the same thing, and they're getting years in prison. And then when you understand that slavery is still allowed in prisons, hence why, you know, you essentially have no rights when you're in there. You can work for no pay, Building furniture, lots of furniture in America. Um, people should probably look into that. Um, or built by prisoners. It's not just pounding license plates like they, you know, would show us before. Uh, you have prisoners fighting fires, you know, with, with fire departments. They're not getting any benefits. They're not getting the protection. They're not getting any time off their sentence. So when you think about these things, when you recognize them, this is where we get back to the beginning of it is not something that was just so long ago. It's very recent and the effects are still here and not everything from it has been abolished. We still have these laws in the books like the 13th Amendment that still allow slavery. In prisons and in prisons that just so happen to be filled with the majority of people of color, despite people of color in this country not being the majority, specifically black men. And then when we go a step further and we understand that through slavery, people's identity stolen from them. After you have generations in there where they're beaten, it's beaten out of them. They're not allowed to practice their faith. They're not allowed to talk about their faith. How many people sitting around you that say, hey, we don't know where we come from. We know our ancestors were enslaved. How many of them came from black Jews? When we have it here from Olada Equiano talking about the Igbo people 
It doesn't mean every Igbo was a Jew, but there are Igbo Jews. Not Igbo converts, which wouldn't matter if anybody was a convert, but Igbos are Jews. You have some non-Jewish Igbos and you have Jewish Igbos. And it doesn't sound like a lot of was saying that it was a minority. So when you talk about black Americans in this country and you say blacks and Jews, especially for our fellow Jews who are not people of color and you're looking at them and there's a lot of racism that we see. A lot of things that we're made to feel uncomfortable in Jewish spaces, but those are our spaces too. So if you're looking at that person with disdain or you're looking at that person as if they're a stranger or they're not one of you, you may have it wrong. And that's really the reason for this podcast. We have to talk about these things. We have to bring this to the forefront. A lot of us know this. A lot of us are aware. But our voices are suppressed. And then there are some that aren't aware and don't know. And there's power in knowing where you come from. And there's power in knowing your identity. And so just to sum this up, when we're talking about Juneteenth, Juneteenth was not the day that all slaves were made free. It was not. Nor is it a day, honestly, to really celebrate. It's a feel-good moment. Maybe in Texas, it's a day to celebrate where, wow, we were finally let go. But there were still slaves in this country after that point, you know. So I think that we really have to reframe these discussions. We have to know our history. And we have to think about who is having these discussions and what skin do they have in the game? And when are we hearing from Black Jews in these discussions? Because this is also our history you know, I know the, the term intersectionality is, is really big now. And I actually really like it because it is important. Because we're black, but we're Jews. We're not Jews because, now some may be, they, they may define it this way for themselves. Maybe because they have a parent who is a white Jew. No, we're just black Jews. Our Judaism and our identity as a Jew is not qualified because of somebody else in our background being a white Jew. We are Jews because we're Jews. Well, I know this podcast may ruffle a little bit of feathers, but then I know it's also going to really elicit that reaction of finally, finally someone's saying this, finally someone is talking about this. And those are the people that I'm honestly talking to Because no matter what we do and what we say, there's always going to be those voices who try to shout you down. But you can only shout down truth, but for so long. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for staying with me. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to get in touch or stay connected, please visit us on our Twitter or Instagram at a Jew like me. Also, if you're interested and would like to send a personal donation, because this is a labor of love, my cash app is TorahBlessed, T-O-R-A-H-B-L-E-S-S-E-D. 
Thank you again so much for the support, guys, and I really look forward to chatting again next time.